Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm your host, Albert Hardy. Today, I've got a lot of things I need to cover, just a whole bunch of scriptures to really go over to prove my point. But one thing I want to say is it really doesn't matter at all what I believe. What matters is what God believes and what God says. So don't trust me. Trust what God says and what you see in your Bible. We will be reading from the NLT and the King James, and that'll be it for the day. But let's start in 2 Peter 3, 10. I want to clarify something that's been bothering me for a long time that you may never have addressed before, and I didn't either until I discovered this. And it's not me that discovers, it's God who reveals. Well, here it is in the King James. We'll read that first, then I'll read it in the NLT. Verse 10, chapter 3, 2 Peter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. I'm going to skip verse 11. Verse 12 says, Looking for and hasting, or earnestly desiring, the day, or the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, or dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. And I'm going to stop right there and read it in the NLT. 2 Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, And the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. That's significant. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness, unquote. Let's see what it says in Matthew twenty-four twenty-nine in conjunction with this. Here's what it says. In this, this is in the King James. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then 
shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with or in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect or chosen ones from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Unquote. Now let's read that in the NLT. The New Living Translation reads it like this. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars shall or will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign of the Son of Man, that the Son of Man is coming, will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels in the mighty or with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of heaven or earth and the farthest ends of heaven. Then in verse 35, he says, and this is Jesus, we're quoting from the New Living Translation, Matthew 24, Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Unquote. Are you aware of how vast the heavens are? If you're talking about, and this is what we talked about in the last episode, heavens, there are three mentioned in the Bible. One, where the birds fly. Two, where the stars and the planets are. And three, the throne of God. Personally, I believe and again, it, it doesn't matter what I believe, but let's see what the Word of God says. Heaven and earth will disappear. It doesn't say they will go away. It says they'll disappear, which to me means from view. They're disappearing from view. Now, how could earth disappear from view? And how could the heavens disappear from view? How could that fit? How could that be according to the word of God? Let's go to Isaiah 19 and verse 2 for a moment. Well, I'm going to start in verse 1. The burden of Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence. And the heart of, the, uh, of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians. And they shall fight every one against his brother and every one against his neighbor, city against city and kingdom against kingdom. Now, where have we heard that before? Matthew 24 in verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. 
says much the same thing in the NLT. Have you ever thought about why? Why would brother rise up against brother? Egyptian against Egyptian. Sounds like a civil war. Well, Egypt may be a type of enemy against none other than Israel. Israel, their neighbor to the north. And why would they be against Israel? Right now, today, they are friends. So why would they be at at war with one another? Well, it may be this. They may be thinking amongst themselves how they're going to get the spoils of Israel. Everybody around them wants the spoils of Israel. They have made that place a bustling power, one of the five top powers in the world. That little tiny sliver is one of the most powerful nuclear energy um, uh, nations among all of them. Why? Well, they have a lot of wealth. How'd they get that wealth? When they first got there, it was nothing but barren rock. There was nothing, not a green blade anywhere. Nothing, no plants, no animals, nothing. Well, they knew how to garden, and they made it happen through a lot of hard work and industry and sacrifice. They knew what they had. They knew what they wanted. And they brought it back. And they are some of the most brilliant people on the planet. You know, they have something like 45 times the amount of patents than any other country, including the United States. Those people are industrious, I'm telling you. And they're blessed by God. They are the apple of his eye. He is watching what happens to Israel. He's going to turn the hearts of their enemies against themselves, all because they can't figure out the spoils of Israel, what they're going to do with it. At least that's that's one theory. And again, it doesn't matter what I say. It matters what the Word of God says. But he says that brother will turn against brother, kingdom against kingdom, neighbor against neighbor, and they will fight to the death. And that's sad. It's pathetic. But that's what I believe is real. Now I want to take you to Matthew 10 and verse 21. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their own parents and cause them to be put to death. All nations will hate you because you are my followers, i.e. Christians or Jews. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. And now let's go to not Matthew 24, but Isaiah 24. Verse 1, Isaiah 24, King James. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty He makes it waste and turns it upside down and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. Verse 4, the 
earth mourns and fades away, the world languishes and fades away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Here's how the NLT says it. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and, it, and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Verse 3 says, The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken. The earth mourns and dries up, and the crops waste away and wither. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth, and its people must pay the price for their sin. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. Scary stuff. But what is the result of this? And is there any good news that we can explore with this as the end result, the final outcome of all this trouble? We're going to be going to read um, Isaiah 60, but I want to go to chapter 4 and verse 1 right now. In that day, so few men will be left that seven women will fight for each man, saying, Let us all marry you. We will provide our own food and clothing. Only let us take your name so we won't be mocked as old maids. Man. But in that day, verse 2, chapter 4 of Isaiah, NLT, But in that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of all who survive in Israel. Wow. Now, let me just point out something. Why will the, uh, the earth disappear from view? We were there. We were talking about that. Well, here's what I think the answer to that is. Let's go to Revelation 9 and verse 2 for a second. Well, let's go to 1 to start with, and then we'll go to 2. Revelation 9, 2, or 1. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky, and he was given the key to the shaft of the, of the bottomless sorry, pit. When he had opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sun light and the air turned dark from the smoke. Reminds me of Joel chapter 2 and verses 2 and 10. 
talking about the day of the Lord, it is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like the dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears, nothing like that has ever been seen or will be seen again. Fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden, but behind them, nothing is left but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses, and they charge forward like war horses. And that's enough of that. Verse 6 says, uh, Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terrors. Then in verse 10, The earth quakes as they advance. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. Now let's go to Ezekiel 32, verse 7 and 8. When I blot you out, I will veil, excuse me, veil the heavens and the uh, darken the skies. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give you its light. I will darken the bright stars overhead and cover your land with or in darkness. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. And who is he talking to? Son of man, verse 1, mourn for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and give him this message. And that's part of the message to give to the king of Egypt. Whoa. Now let's head on over to um, Isaiah 13, starting in verse 9. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger, the land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed within it. The heavens will be black above them and the stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. So from heaven's point of view, looking down on the earth, if it is covered with this smoke from the oil fires that are burning in the Middle East, and it's covering the whole planet, as day after day goes on and these fires are not put out, the fires that will be exploded over the oil fields, possibly in Iraq, Iran, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Oman, um, Egypt, and Israel, and also Turkey. That whole region right there is full of oil. And it'll be set on fire with a nuclear blast or a hundred of them, or who knows how many. It's going to be nuclear war over this oil and the wealth of Israel if I am correct. He says, I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people more scarce than gold, more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. I will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of its place. When the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the fierce day, or in the day of his fierce anger, 
everyone in Babylon will run about like a hunted gazelle, and the sheep like sheep without a shepherd. They will try to find their own people and flee to their own land. In verse 17, he says, Look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon, and they cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. Now, the Medes, I believe, are part of Iran and Turkey. All this gloom and doom, is that the final outcome? You know, we from space, let's say you're on the moon, and you look at the earth, and it's covered with a black cloud so that the sun can't even shine on the land, you won't be able to see it from space, from the moon. If you're as close as the moon looking at the earth, it'll be covered in black. Well, the whole whole background is black, too. No wonder it disappears. It, it disappears from view. And from Israel, looking up to the moon, it won't give its light. Why? Because the black smoke covers it from view. You see what I mean? It's not going anywhere. God, Jesus, will come back, and we will see the Son of Man coming through the clouds with power and great glory. The power is to get rid of the smoke, put out the fire, and put his kingdom right here in Jerusalem. Wow. Now at last, let's go to Isaiah 60. There are some great things here. You're going to really get excited about this, I think. Arise, Jerusalem, verse 1, chapter 60, NLT. Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. This is the return of Christ. Wow. All nations will come to your light. Who is the light of the world? That would be Jesus. Mighty kings will come and see your radiance. Verse 4. Chapter 60, Isaiah. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. That sounds so sweet and wonderful. Your eyes will shine, your heart will thrill with joy, for merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian, that's Saudi Arabia, and Epha. I'm not sure where Epha is, E-P-H-A-H. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come come worshiping the Lord. These pagan idol worshipers are now worshiping the Lord. Wow. That is fantastic news. That is great. Get this. The flocks of Kedar will be given to you. Well, who's that? Saudi Arabia. And the rams of Nebaioth will be brought for my altars. 
see, they're still going to have sacrifices. Well, what do they do with the sacrifice meat? They eat it. But it is a smell that rises up. When, when you barbecue or you have a steak cooking on the grill, it smells great, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, and this is God talking, will accept their offerings, and I will make my temple glorious. Wow, I can't wait. That's going to be wonderful. And what do I see? Flying like clouds to Israel like doves to their nests. They are the ships from the ends of the earth, from the lands that trust in me, led by the great ships of Tarshish. Now, I believe that might be England, believe it or not. They are bringing the people of Israel home from far away, carrying their silver and gold, they will honor the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has filled you, Israel, with splendor. Verse 10, foreigners will come to rebuild your towns, and their kings will serve you. For though I have destroyed you in my anger, I will now have mercy on you through my grace. Your gates will stay open night and day, and to receive the wealth of many lands, the kings of the world will be led as captives in a victory procession. The nations that refuse to serve you will be destroyed. The glory of Lebanon will be yours. The forests of cypress and fir and pine to beautify my sanctuary. My temple will be glorious. The descendants of your tormentors will come and bow before you. Those who despise you will kiss your feet. Can you imagine that? Not today. They will call you the city of the Lord and Zion the Holy One of Israel. Though you were once despised and hated with no one traveling through you, I will make you beautiful forever a joy to all generations. Powerful kings and mighty nations will, be, or will satisfy your every need. As though you were a child nursing at the breast of a queen, you will know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer. They are going to know Jesus and accept him as their Savior. Wow! The Mighty One of Israel, I will exchange your bronze for gold, your iron for silver, your wood for bronze, and your stones for iron. I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Violence will disappear from your land. Wow, what a great prediction that is. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls, and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night, for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set. 
your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. Cool. They will possess their land forever, and I, I the Lord, will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At that time, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And that's the end of chapter 60 of Isaiah, read from the NLT. Wow, I mean, this is so exciting to me. And you can read on chapter 61 and chapter 62 talks about repairing the ruins, the wasted cities, and lots of wonderful things. I suggest you read that. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. I have nothing for sale. It's all there for your benefit. You can download my eight books. Do I need to make revisions? Yes, I probably do by now. They've been there for years. But you can look at them. And if you'd like to write to me, my email is jesusisy, that's W-H-Y, jesusisy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to answer you if possible. But I'm not after your email, not trying to collect money or get anything from you. It's all a work of love for you listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope you think about all the wonderful, exciting things to come. You're going to be a part of that. Can you imagine? Wow. Well, have a great day. See you next time.